Hi, I'm Melanie Walker and this is Grounded. If gardening is your passion, this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world. And it's not just about what's happening in the gardening world, it's happening in the world when it comes to environmental issues. Yes, here on Grounded, we are not afraid to be totally green, especially when it comes to the boca. Our blood is green. Uh-huh. And if we're gardeners, then our blood is equally as green, if not more. And in fact, sometimes I wonder if I spent enough time in the swimming pool that my hair would go green too. But no, that's not what we're talking about. We are, however, talking about how to be a responsible person when it comes to being outdoors and indoors, in fact, but mainly for the environment. So to help us through this little tricky minefield, because it seems to have become rather politically... Oh, shall we say, not incorrect, but uh, a, a bit of a landmine field uh, when it comes to what you should and shouldn't be doing when it comes to recycling. From Impact, we have Donna Marie Noble to come and chat to us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You know, cool, man. Um, every single time I see you, and we, we have spoken quite a few times mm-hmm in the past about how human beings can be quite revolting mm. um, and lazy and need to have a firm, swift kick up the bottom to get themselves moving. Yep. And with just having had not too long ago the National Recycling Day in South Africa, are you finding that more people are getting on board and actually doing good things when it comes to recycling in South Africa? We are and we aren't. There's a, a, we sit sort of in the middle, if that actually makes sense. So as a recycling nation, we're doing phenomenally well. We mm. talk about a paper recycling rate of over 70%, where the global average is 59%. And we talk about a PET or plastic water bottle recycling rate at 67%. And that's fine. Those are all recycling figures and things like that. But what does it mean to you in your house? What mm. does it mean to you at work? And are you actually starting to be a bit more of a responsible citizen and taking that step further, not just throwing everything in the rubbish bin. So we are finding people are starting to ask a bit more questions, which is interesting. I think, you know, it used to be, well, why should I recycle? Now it's a bit more, well, what can I recycle? Mm. So there is sort of a mind shift actually happening. And I don't know if it's because there's pressure coming from kids or we're living in a world where we're starting to realize the effects of our behavior. Well, I mean, I think it's, that's what I'm saying. It's become a bit of a political hotbed Mm. in some ways when it comes to recycling and also being careful about the environment with the whole Greta Thunberg thing. Absolutely. Where... I don't understand why it is really pricking so many people that they feel the need to be nasty about it. I mean, this is somebody who's saying we need to change the way that we do things. And the next thing they've made it into, oh, it's her parents who are pushing her. Why are they not listening to the message? They're taking the media, and I mean, it's like, you know, the whole Marshall McLuhan thing, the media Mm. is the message. No, we've got to listen to that message. And I think it is the kids that are turning around. And I know you were saying Mm. that your daughter is like the one in your house who turns around and says, Oi, you did not recycle that properly. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely the kids. I mean, I know from my point of view, the kids are kind of saying, no, we've got to take care of this. And I I think it's, you know, they have what we call this pester power. So the kids know what they want. So they they see all these things happening every day. So they might see Greta Thunberg on a YouTube video and they might wonder what she's actually saying. Mm. Or they might see rubbish in the road and say, what's actually going on there, mom? You know, I know my daughter's so very aware of her environment. So when we don't recycle, it's an issue in her world. So kids actually standing up and saying, this is not acceptable. It's right. Who else is actually going to do it? Mm. But now you said, I mean, we've got quite good recycling rates. Mm. But then you said that's the positive side. Mm. What, is, what is the negative side then? 
I think at the end of the day, it's so difficult because a lot of people say, I can't recycle because I don't have bags or I don't know what it is that I need to recycle. So there seems to be this sort of, there's effort that has to go into recycling. And it's actually really silly because it's quite easy to start. Mm. Everyone thinks, oh, you have to have all these colored bins and you have to put the right grade in the right bin. And it, it doesn't in a perfect world, this is South Africa, it doesn't happen that way. You know, so we actually say to people, well, just start. Mm. Just start with your paper and your cardboard in your house. Don't worry about the other stuff. You know, the other stuff you'll actually get to. And then by default, you just start doing it because then you pick up the glass bottle and you look at it and you think, well, can it be recycled? So we're just trying to get people to just start thinking, start interrogating your waste. And if you're putting out a big black wheelie bin full of waste every week, that, that's crazy. You got a problem. And You've I see, really got a problem. I, I want to get all my neighbours together and, and give them a lecture, but I know that they probably wouldn't appreciate it. Um, I'm already known as the water czar. Can you imagine what else? <laughs> well, suddenly, you're the litter queen. Uh, <laughs> people are becoming a lot more aware of the facts mm. that they can, especially where they call them the flagship suburbs. Mm. And I know that Impact used to have the Ronnie bags, mm. Mm. and then they became the Impact bags, the green ones. Yeah. Are you still doing those collections? Because I know that in certain areas now that, that Joburg City has taken mm. over the recycling. Mm. So we are. We still collect from 150,000 households within City of Ekeleni, Schwani and Joburg. But there are suburbs that City of Joburg have actually implemented themselves in terms of doing the collections. And that's actually fine, to be honest with you. I mean, in Europe and things like that, the municipalities run these recycling mm. programs. It's actually not run by the private companies. But we've been doing it for 30 years. You know, we've got a lot of brand equity. And unfortunately, when we had to pull out of some of the areas, we had a lot of residents phoning us and complaining and begging us to please come back into the suburbs. Mm. But it's the way it moves, you know. So as long as your municipality is providing some form of a recycling program, buy into it. Start doing mm. it, you know. Don't be the one that's actually against the program at the end of the day. Because the programs only become viable when there's every single household actually participating in it. Mm. And I mean, from our perspective, it actually doesn't matter if it comes through the municipality or through our curbside trucks. We probably get the material somewhere along the line because we been, process it ourselves. It's always been an interesting thing for me that I don't know if we've, we've talked about this before, but mm. for a lot of people who are sitting there thinking, impact, I mean, that's Mondi. Mondi, paper mills. So I just always thought it was such a good thing that you mm. produce something, mm. cutting down trees to make paper. Okay, so you produce something and then taking it back to make more paper. Why are there still these people, though, that turn around and say, no, recycling paper is more detrimental to the environment mm -mm. than if you just leave the paper and they just make it naturally? I think originally people thought that there was a lot more that goes into it in terms of the wastewater and things like that when it comes to recycling. But remember, the technologies have evolved in this country. Mm. So if I look at like our Felixton Mill, I mean, that was a huge investment, over 800 million into that actual facility that can only process recycled fiber. It used to process what we call bagasse, which is sugarcane fiber. Mm -hmm. And by doing the recycled fiber, we've got a lot of things that ben benefit from the fact that we use recycled water, the fact that the waste is minimal. You know, the processes are a lot more streamlined, so we're not using as much energy to make the new paper reels and that. So that sort of works in our favor. So we, we really are encouraging people, you know what, don't worry about that. This is not Europe. This is South Africa. Mm. We've, we actually set ourselves up as a really great recycling 
recycling country. We really have. And apart from that, we, we think a little bit further than most people do. We do. Which is what these naysayers are pretty much um, not thinking. So they're just lazy gits, really. You can say that, maybe. Because they're, I mean, they're sitting <laughs> yeah. there going, oh, no, there's no point in recycling. I'm like, well, why aren't you doing it? Mm. Maybe because it's just too much hassle for them. And that's what really annoys me is that mm. we can all sit there and moan mm. um, about what's happening in the country, what's happening in our environment, in the world. Mm. But very few people are actually going to put their head on a block and say, right, I will do this. Mm, mm. And it's not so hard to do it. I mean, we're sitting with a situation where our landfills are running out of space. I mean, we're probably going to be out of landfills in the next few years. And then you're going to end up paying for recycling anyway because it's going to appear on your water and lights bill. So why why do you need to get to that point? Why does it need to be a stick held against you? Start doing your bit. Start recycling. But it's, I mean, it is so easy. So, I mean, if people want to start, as you said, you start with your paper and your cardboard. Mm -hmm. And in those certain flagship places, Mm. of course, you've also got all of the guys that they go around. And now we have bags where we can separate at source. And they will come and take what they want for your cardboard paper. Do you take from those curbside pickup guys as well? We do. So there's a number of different programs that Impact actually runs. So we've spoken about the curbside program. We'll talk about the schools program just now. But then the one you're referring to is your collectors. Mm. And they're a bit of an informal ecosystem that exists in most areas where you'll actually see if you drive down the street Maybe those huge things out. on wheels with yes. mad guys driving down a hill. They are, but they separate for each other. Yeah. So one will take plastic bottles and one will take cardboard and one will take glass bottles. And so they'll actually go. But the ecosystem does exist. And these guys actually earn an income. They earn a living off of it. So we have about 45 buyback centers in Gauteng alone. All over. I mean, Soweto, Kempton Park. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just in the township areas. It's all over, actually. And it's really because of the informal collectors in the areas that are clearing out the space that actually in the absence of the municipal programs are actually doing the municipalities a favor. So work with them, don't fight against them. And in fact, it's something we say, you know, find out what's going on in your community. You're you're all on these Facebook groups and these WhatsApp chats and things like that. If there's no formal program like a Ronnie Bag program or City of Joburg program, there's probably a collector in your street Mm. that is recycling. So just do it, just start. Yeah. I mean, stop being a miserable old whatever and <laughs> get with the program. And I like the whole recycling program. It's, it's something, I mean, that I first came across mm. what you were doing, not just from doing this radio show, mm. but from working with schools. We were going to be, Craig or Primary had to be the school that had the most tonnage when yes. it came to recycling paper. And I was very involved with that for nine years yeah. um, and kept it going. And now, fortunately, the moms have all gotten on board because they suddenly realized how good it is for the kids to know what they're doing, Fantastic. what is happening with their waste, to make money for the school. Absolutely. And just to actually, I mean, it's, it's a really great thing teaching the kids about the environment. And I mean, we, we have to get the kids when they're young and change their minds and unless they become turn out like millennials otherwise <laughs> and then what are we going to do I mean no, seriously but I mean I mean how many schools have you got that are involved in the recycling project so it's a big program it's a national program we have over 2,000 schools and communities countrywide and you probably have seen those green green domes that actually hold all the paper but then we've also got a number of schools that are on a bag system where they don't have space for the mm-hmm. domes so it's, it's one of our bigger programs and it actually does make a difference. So we do the whole Ronnie Recycler talk where we give an educational talk to the kids. We hand out little bags so they can take them home, fill them every day and bring them back to school. 
And exactly to your point, the schools earn an income from it. So it's beneficial all around, you know, but we are still looking for ambassadors at the schools. We're looking for those mom and dads to get involved with the governing bodies and the committees and actually say, why is my child's school not recycling? Mm. You know, what do I need to do? Because that actually usually is the impetus. We, we're all over, but we can, we're only as strong as the people on the ground at the end of the day. But now impact is, as you said, it's, it's kind of very much Gauteng based. Yes. Also national. Yeah, but how does it work nationally then? We work, are you in every single province Mm -hmm. as well? Yeah, so we've got uh, over 17 operations. So we're all over KwaZulu Natal. uh, We're in the Western Cape as well. Uh, We work through a number of dealers as well. We've got over 100 dealers countrywide. So they'll be in places in Port Elizabeth all the way up to Dahlstrom and Mm -hmm. things like that. And it's it's interesting because when you drive into a town, you can actually see that recycling is going on in that town because it's neater and Mm -hmm. it's tidier and it's cleaner. You know, towns where we've been to previously where there was no recycling, you could actually pick it up. You know, the landfill sites were full. There was litter all over the the place. place. So, you know, we're positive in that regard. You know, that's where we definitely make a difference. I mean, I, I know now that all of my neighbors, because they, they say, right, we want to actually give paper to schools. Sure. So they still have all their bags. <laughs> they come fun. and they drop their bags outside my place wow. and then I have to take it to the schools. I mean, obviously the heavier cardboards and things mm. we go to, because that's what the, the informal recyclers mm. get most of their money on, I believe. Yeah. But when it comes to the other stuff, mm. we're going to get into that as well. But how does the whole paper recycling thing actually work? Right, You get all of the cardboard and the paper. Mm. There's whole... I, I know some people are not that clever when it comes to putting stuff into their bags and you get dirty tissues and what are the things that can be recycled that from the point of view of paper? Sure. So it's everything if you think that you can touch in a house. So white paper, Mm -hmm. a a cereal box, your egg carton, your toilet roll core, your magazines, your newspapers, uh, your ZZ2 tomato boxes. All of those cardboard type substrates, even your uh, long life milk and juice cartons, like your Tetra Pak cartons. But haven't they got silver stuff on the inside? So we've invested in technology at our Springs Mill, and that's one of the new developments as well since we last spoke that actually strips away the foil. It's called polyalu. It actually Mm. strips it away from the paper. And what's left is about 75% paper, and that goes back into the recycling process to make new paper reels. And the plastic? That I mean, do we have to cut the plastic out before no, we put the stuff in? No, you don't in? have to. So the equipment actually does it at our Springs Mill. So it's a separate grade that actually comes out, and we're looking at trials for it, either waste to energy or manufacturing of RDP housing in terms of roof tiles and things like that. So that, that whole adage of recycling and reusing and that, you know, we are it. To be honest with you, impact does it. So whatever we make, we encourage to come back into the stream so we can reuse it again, so we can make more paper reels and so the process can keep going. But there's lots of people involved in different parts of the chain. And you actually are vital. You sitting in your house are Mm. actually part of that chain. So if you don't do it, it means your waste gets contaminated. It ends up in a rubbish bin and then it actually holds no value. So we need the larger public to start doing their recycling, to start separating the materials. Now, impact is very involved in the paper recycling side of things. Mm-hmm. At one stage, I remember you were, uh, I'm sure we, we had a discussion about getting involved in more things like plastic recycling. Mm. I mean, are you involved in that now? Is, we are. Or, so impact yeah. has actually taken that on as well. Yeah. So we are in terms of collecting the plastic bottles and then selling them on to other recyclers. So the big 
thing now in South Africa is where you're actually getting plastic bottles made of recycled PET in it. Mm. So your, your big brand owners like your Coca-Colas and things like that, they're on a big drive to actually reduce the amount of virgin PET, that's the name of the grade, in the bottles and actually substitute it. And I think some of their bottles coming out now are between 10 and 15% are PET, mm. which is great. It just means the product that previously was going to landfill net is now actually being utilized back into the, the food packaging stream. And I think the big concern back then was, would it be hygienic enough? Mm. Would it be safe enough? So there's all these tests that you go through to make sure that you're producing food grade quality PET. So yeah, it's one of our businesses as well. Look, I mean, I'm, I must admit that if I ever do get a plastic bottle for whatever reason, it gets used and used and used and used mm. and used and used and eventually turned into a eco brick, which okay. is one of my favorite things at the moment. Because I mean, I think that it's, it's only been a case of people getting worried about paper. You know, mm. I mean, we don't have to print stuff out. I get so annoyed with people when they print out reams of stuff. I'm like, why are you doing that? Read it on my phone. Sure, need a pair sure. of glasses, okay? So then there's sure. nothing. Sure, some electrons might be slightly kind of mm. discomforted, mm. but they're not going to actually be like hurt. They can recycle themselves. Mm. Sorry, that's just a bit silly, but anyway. <laughs> um, but when it comes to plastic, I mean, plastic is the big bugbear. Mm. It's in the oceans. Um, you see lions chewing. I saw something on Facebook. Uh, a couple of weeks ago with the lion chewing on a bottle mm. in Kruger. And you're sitting there and thinking, this is, this is awful, you know, where mm. birds, seabirds are trying to feed their chicks with mm. plastic pellets and stuff. So the more we can get away from plastic, the better, quite mm. frankly. I mean, glass has always been a good thing for me. Mm. I love glass. I, I think, Melanie, to be honest with you, you've got to be careful how you approach it because plastic does exist for a reason. And I think it's not so much that all plastics are bad, because I think you get a lot of plastics like plastic bottles that can be made into new plastic bottles. It's more against what are people doing with the products. So if you're dumping them into a river, if you dumping them when you're on holiday on the beach and things like that, where are those products actually going? So yes, maybe looking at other substrates if you're totally against plastics by looking at things like glass and cans and things mm. like that. But it's more your single-use plastics that are problematic. So your straws and yeah, absolutely, and, and you, you, things, you yeah. see that nowadays actually in all the restaurants and things like that, where it, it's it's not uh, plastic straws anymore. They've yeah. got these biodegradable straws. I saw the one that's now an edible straw, and it's vegan so as well. Edible is much better than mm. biodegradable because even biodegradable, whilst they talk about it, if it gets into the recycling stream, it can actually mess up the recycling process. Mm. So just because it's biodegradable doesn't necessarily mean it's better. But this is where people have put pressure on companies and brand owners and things like that to come up with other solutions. And it's a good thing. I think we're moving in the right direction. The other one I saw lately was the Blimmin' Pasta Straw. Yes. Which, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's fantastic. You know, it, it's food at the end of the day. That's not going to mess anyone. It's not going to harm animal life or anything yeah. like that if it ends up out on a dump site, for example. But it is really about people looking at their waste and saying, okay, well, I've bought this stuff. It's in this packaging, but damn it, I can't look, recycle it. Ultimately, I think just human beings are revolting. I've, I've said mm. this often that they are a virus, a plague on the earth, okay? Okay. Because whenever I go down to the coast, it drives my family and friends completely batty. Mm. I go down with big bags, yeah. <laughs> okay, and I walk the beaches, and mm. I pick up every single piece of litter and rubbish. Mm. My brother's like, no, you're not going to collect the rubbish all the way down and then walk back with a full bag. We'll mm. walk all mm. the way there, and then on the way back, you, we will pick up everything. Sure, sure. And there are even places down, say, on the south coast where they mm. say, if you come in with a, a bag full of rubbish that you picked mm. up off the beach, we will give you a free coffee. Which is great. But I mean, yeah. the stuff that you find there, I'm sitting there mm. looking at this and thinking, 
dirty nappies. Come on, people, mm. they're dustbins just over there. Absolutely. And the amount of people who actually live in the area where you do these things are like, thank you for doing this. Mm. Mm. So it's, it's, you know, the people that are having to clean mm. up the beach after other people who are just revolting. Mm. Mm. And it is the environment. You think people would look after it. Exactly to your point, we were in Durban earlier this year and my kids as well took a bucket and started putting all the, mm. the rubbish into it. And the amount of materials we found that were recyclable, like yeah. plastic bottles and things like that. I, I was absolutely astounded. Why is this ending up on a beach? You know, why is this not in the recycling stream? It's now waste. Yeah. I can't do anything with it now. It's contaminated. But why did it get to this point? Yeah. And that's why it's like, what are you doing? You know, consumers, what are you doing? Look at your waste, interrogate your waste. Why are you buying this packaging? Can you do something with it or is it just going to end up in the rubbish? Bin? But this is where it needs to go back a step as well. Mm. We need to get hold of the people that, pe that are putting products out mm. and especially ones that have got something. I mean, let's take it to the nth degree where there was that whole ridiculous thing where they'd taken an orange and taken off the peel of the orange and then put the orange into a plastic container yes, with glad wrap over it. And I was sitting and thinking, how, how can people even think about doing that? And I think that a lot of people, retailers are sitting and mm. thinking, you need to downscale your packaging mm. of your articles. Mm. And it would be cost effective for them as well. So why mm. are manufacturers not actually mm. coming up with something new? But I, I think as well, look at some of the retailers. They're doing this thing where you can get your raw produce. So you don't have to have packets and, far and between. things like that. But it's starting. Yeah. It's a movement that wasn't a, around a year ago. And no. I mean, you know, we often look when we go to the shops and that, when we buy and stuff, all this packaging that it's actually coming in. Why does it have so much packaging? Is it really that necessary? There are are brands that are doing it but you're right there needs to be more pressure on it mm. i mean i attend a number of agms throughout the year of the different uh, associations and actually the one that i went to recently showed how for example your batteries your lithium-ion batteries used to have that plastic coating on them mm. it's now completely in a cardboard so that's great. It means the cardboard can be recycled. Yeah. And I think that was pressure coming down the line. Already there's so much pressure on batteries because you can't do much with them. Well, at least let's put the package in there in recyclable. Yes. It's a small win, but it's exactly to your point. Your brand owners and that need to look at the packaging that they've got. I'll give you another example. Um, you know, these formula tins, and I mean, yes. I've got a two-year-old, so I've, we're in that stage. Um, often you'll see them being packed on the shelves and they're usually coming in a box and yeah. then there's wrapping over yeah. that box. There's all these layers of packaging. So we've engaged with some of the big brands as well and said, it's not necessary. Why, why do you have all of this stuff? It's already sealed in a mm. container. Could it not just be in a box for transportation perspective and not necessarily have, for example, a particular grade mm. over it? And already that's starting to change because they're having to look at what they are putting out there in the market because yep. people are asking, why do you have so much package? But it's absolutely necessary. I mean, I know that the original reason I decided to boycott a particular burger chain back in the 80s was purely because of the whole thing that was happening with the Amazon rainforest, okay. Okay, which has become a thing again. But um, then going up Northcliffe Hill, and you go up for a lovely walk and the next thing there's just the litter mm. from this particular chain. And it was non-degradable stuff. Sure, I think mm. that most of them have changed now where they are using um, recyclable materials, mm. but people mm. still just dump all of that stuff. And it's got food on it. I'm going to dump mm. it in the bin. But I will actually boycott products and places purely because of the way that they are packaging mm. things. Mm. And I think a lot of people are doing that. But that brings me to another point is that when you want to do like an eco brick or if you're, you're recycling your bottle, the things that people don't think about is don't leave the lid on it. Mm. Okay, you can recycle the lids and those little plastic red 
Sure, the bread tags. Yeah. Bread tags. Yeah. Where there's certain places to do that. Mm. You've got to take the labels, the plastic mm. labels off the bottles mm. because otherwise the informal recyclers come along, they take all those bottles and then they make a mess where they've taken all the stuff and left it, which has yeah. been one of the big problems that people have been talking about. Sure. So it, once again, it starts with us. Mm. It does start with us. And it's also about getting a bit clever. So to give you an example, the food grade packaging is the clear and the blue bottles yeah. are being made back into new PET bottles. So if you're going to do eco bricks, make certain you're using like your green bottles and your brown bottles and bottles that can't really be recycled or they get made into other products that are not really that useful. Mm. So that's one thing. The other thing is exactly to your point with the eco bricks. People are putting sweet wrappers in and chip wrappers and things like that. Stuff that and you can't recycle. You can't recycle it. And I mean, that particular industry is under a lot of pressure because yeah. what else can they actually use? What is the solution to replace that packaging that's going to provide the same ability to give fresh food and things like that? So in that regard, an eco brick makes sense. And, and that's more an example of upcycling as opposed to recycling. But there's still those naysayers who turn around and say, mm. I don't know why you're bothering to do this. Why are you making brick? You're just putting plastic back into the environment and I'm like how stupid do you have to be not to understand why this is a win-win situation mm. and remember we're in South Africa and it's, it's such an in entrepreneurial environment mm. you know there's really good ways of actually doing things at the end of the day so just start I mean does it actually make a difference what you do just start yes now, is there anything that can't be recycled there's a few products that can't be recycled we've mentioned them already like your sweet and chip wrappers polystyrene can be recycled but it's very expensive product really because I've been wondering be about that what I've been doing is with some of the stuff which is where there's been meat in it you can't really clean that mm. properly so I cut those up once I've washed That's it and fine. put those inside the Eco-bricks, Eco yeah. So that's the best way, to be honest with you. Yeah. We, we've run trials for polystyrene. It's hellishly expensive because it weighs nothing. Yeah. So you must remember recycling is in, actually inherently a logistics business. So a whole truck full of polystyrene can end up weighing nothing versus a truck full of cardboard can weigh quite a bit yes. and there's obviously value down the stream so yeah polystyrene is a little bit problematic although they do tend to use it in things like picture frames mm. and artworks and things like that nowadays some of your foil products and things like that so you think how some of your plate piles comes on mm. a foil mm. You know, that's not really recycled per se. Um, when we talk about aluminium cans and that, those are recycled, yes. but they get made into that product again. But it is just really about interrogating the type of material that you've got and actually saying, is this worth it? What am I seeing? You know, is it a grade seven plastic where it's not currently yeah. recycled in South Africa? You know, I think you could get bogged down in the details, but don't. But come on, I mean, they're using plastic now to make roads. Down in the Eastern yes. Cape, they've made a road from plastic. Which is absolutely brilliant. That's that's once again actually looking at all these substrates at our disposal. Mm. And yes, we might not be able to recycle them in the true sense of the word, but what else can we actually do with them? And that's why I say South Africa is amazing when it comes to this entrepreneurial spirit. They've seen a problem and we've seen how we can actually fix it. The roads is, is a good example. And talking about roads, of course, one of the biggest polluters going are cars, mm. not just from the amount of stuff they put out into the atmosphere, but from tires, tires are the biggest pollutants, yeah. and especially your hybrid cars, which are a lot heavier now. Okay. okay. So they are leaving more tire rubber 
on oh, the wow. roads than ordinary cars, which is a really scary thing. And that is the one thing that I've been speaking to a lot of people about. And they're saying the biggest pollutant that they're finding on beaches and in the water is tire rubber. It's tires. Scary. Isn't that scary? That's scary. Yeah. But that's something, that's something that we can work on for the future. At the moment, we're going to work with what we can do because obviously mm. we're not going to give up our cars. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So from, from your point of view, I mean, if, what are you wanting people to do? How are, they, how are you going to recycle that is the name of the game. That's been the name of the game. It's a campaign we went out with earlier this month. We were actually just saying to people, interrogate your way, separate and source and actually ask yourself, are you going to recycle that? It sounds so easy. It sounds so simple, but it really is just a case of starting. You know, this whole thing of, oh, I can't do it. I'm a working mom. I don't have enough hours in the day please just start you know we drive down the roads we see these full wheelie bins it, it my mind boggles how people can't just start interrogating yeah. their waste it starts with you as a consumer we actually hold so much power we don't realize it i love that interrogation waste what are you doing in my bin there you go <laughs> but if people want to find out more website that they can get along to yeah www.impactrecycling.coza and then we've got lots of content on our social media channels so just follow us at impact recycling fantastic Good. and and because your, your little lovely girl has been sitting here so quietly and listening to the entire thing what well, do you have a message for the people tell them what they got to do oh we've got to get it up to the mic <laughs> tell her what you got to do we have to recycle there we go well okay done. they are our future we got to do it for them yeah. well thank you so much for coming in and chatting and giving us hope and um, let me know when anything else interesting and exciting happens I and we'll get it will. out there as well rest of you please just make that one step okay mm. a fantastic journey awaits you and we'll catch you again next week until then stay grounded bye-bye for show notes and more information about this episode, go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded. You've been listening to another episode from the Solid Gold Podcast Studios.